you've probably you've probably had an experience like this. If you've ever been fortunate enough to take a vacation, uh, or at least a weekend, <clears throat> get a break from from everything, from whatever is worrying you. If you've had that time when you could set down all your have-tos and worry abouts, you, you probably know this experience, that after those couple of days or maybe a week of relaxation, of really not thinking about your troubles, you come back and as soon as you are back in your regular milieu, it all comes rushing back in. What John Kabat-Zinn calls the full catastrophe of being alive and everyday worries and sometimes very intense worries. Today in our memory service, this annual ritual of remembrance, I'm thinking about those times when you just can't get away, no matter where you go. Some problems, some griefs are that intrusive. They go with us, they go with us everywhere. Trying to get any piece of heart, piece of mind in such a time is like trying to sleep with a bright light on. Or like trying to sleep with music blaring. Grief is like that. Especially when it's new. It rushes in just all the time. And unpredictably. So that wherever you go, there it is. Maybe the troubles in our world, in our country, are like that for you too. You can try pushing these losses and fears aside. You could try ignoring them, escaping them. There's various ways people have done that, some more helpful than others. But Frank Ostaseski has another suggestion. If you've been at church sometime in the last few weeks, you've heard some of the other uh, in the series on the five invitations that he issues from his work in hospice. The fourth of them is finding a place of rest, to find a place of rest in the middle of things. And he gives an example from this intense, most intense of situations of accompanying somebody in their last days. He calls her Alice. And this is the example of all the things he writes about this fourth invitation. This is what stays with me. Alice was dying in, in pain and distress. It was not the calm departure that we might hope for. She was panicky. And he sat in her room as medical staff fussed and tried to give her ease. And then when they all left, he sat by her quietly and said, I notice something. Can I notice something to you? She said, yes. He said, I notice that there's a bit of a pause between your in-breath and your out-breath. I'm just noticing that. She was breathing hard. She made him realize, he said, that Dying is labor, just like giving birth. It was hard work. But he noticed this pause, and he said to her, maybe 
we could just notice that pause between your breathing in and your breathing out. Shall I sit here and breathe with you? And they breathe together with her labored breathing, his quiet sitting beside her. The in-breath and then the pause and out again. And something happened. Ostaseski is a scrupulously honest reporter about the difficult things that he witnesses and that await those we love and each of us. And so he says that it didn't fix anything. She was still dying. She died not long after. She was still in pain. But she found rest there. They didn't try to prolong that moment between the in-breath and the out-breath. He didn't try to get her to meditate upon it. They just noticed. And there was rest there. Just enough rest for something to shift in an important way for her. And for her to depart this life without so much distress, fear, and pain. What she had discovered was a circle in the sun, a circle of the sun in the midst of the clouds and the wind and the rain. There was a little circle of the sun, just that moment between difficult breaths, as it seemed that Jane's mother discovered as well in her final months. If you're like me, you are really feeling the full catastrophe lately. Just this week, what a week it has been. First we had bombs being sent to the opposition party. The kind of story that we hear about from other countries and say, oh my gosh, how do they live in that war-torn, chaotic place? And then all week from the president, this whipping up of a fear of refugees, people coming from far away, still far away, just trying to get some relief from war and gangs and destruction. We had the news that the administration is planning to erase transgender from the record. That that just won't exist. Trans people will be defined as the government chooses to define them, not as they are. And then two hate crimes. In Kentucky, a man who made sure to kill two black people, passing over all the white people, and one, one white person approached him there at the Kroger in Kentucky. He said, no, white people don't kill white people. And of course, yesterday, the massacre at Tree of Life Synagogue in, um, in Pittsburgh that took 11 more people. This is the kind of chaos and, and loss and, and weight that follows us everywhere. But there's something else that's with us wherever we go. It's here right now. It never leaves us. And that is the place of rest 
in the middle of all this chaos and fear and grief. I've been trying out Ostaseski's advice. And as you go through your day and you think that, you know, maybe you're pursuing things that are keeping you busy or even in enjoyable activities, but you find that your shoulders are stiff or your, your heart is beating, like you're aware of your heart beating all the time, or you have a headache or a stomach ache, maybe it's your body saying, all of this is with you all the time. So let's see if we can find as well that place of peace, that circle of comfort, however small, that is with us. Now, people access it in many different ways. Um, we have different metaphors in our minds. We have different experiences that, that inform what helps us and what doesn't help us. So I'm going to make a few suggestions. Maybe one of them will particularly work for you. The first is, as Ostaseski and, and his friend Alice did, breathe. Just breathe, don't try to change how we're breathing. Just notice how our breath is. And maybe particularly just notice that pause between in-breath and out-breath, and again between out-breath and in-breath. Don't try to change anything about it. It is exactly what it needs to be for you right now. Just observe. second way you might try to find the rest in the middle of whatever is swirling around you is to notice something beautiful nearby, something that's right before you. Maybe right in the midst of traffic, there's a lovely shaft of sunlight, or the clouds are doing something particularly noticeable. <laughs> Wherever you go, you can just look down at your hand and notice the beauty there, whatever's going on. So I invite you to do that now. Notice something beautiful. Just notice it and be with it. Something that happens with me when I try this one is I, I tend to intellectualize. You know, I tend to start to give myself a little sermon. You see, there's beauty in the world, even in this difficult time. I urge you to try not to do that. <laughs> Just notice it. It doesn't need to outweigh everything. It doesn't need to fix anything. Just notice, oh, isn't that lovely? And I noticed something else. You know, the thing about finding rest in the middle of things is the things just keep happening. So I was doing this yesterday, try to practice what I preach, 
And I was in the, the Y, it was hot, I was down at the swimming level and it's all steamy and chlorine-y from the pool and it was hot and it was chaotic and I thought, well, I, I'm just, and I'm worried and sad and scared about everything that, go, that was going on. And I thought, well, I'm just going to, to breathe here for a moment and I was breathing at my little table in the waiting area when a man sat down across from me and said, you're trying to relax. <laughs> the middle of things just keeps coming at you. Well, he had the most beautiful eyes. He was a man of 70, he told me that, and he wanted to tell me some of the wisdom that he had learned in his 70 years. And it turned out to also be a place of rest in the swirling chaos that I could access just a bit. So the third thing that many can do that we are going to try to do right here is to feel the presence of God within you and around you. That for many people is the rest that comes with them wherever they go. So let's sit for just a moment more and try this third technique. Can you feel the divine within you? Can you feel the divine holding you? So one can feel the presence of God, can notice something beautiful, can breathe. And here's another suggestion. This prayer or poem came to me this morning from a friend with whom I grew up. We grew up in Judaism together, and she's grieving deeply right now of a great loss in her life, even before yesterday's news. So this morning I had an email from her with this prayer in it, this poem, saying, maybe this would be good for your congregation this morning. And I read it, and I said yes. Thank you. It's by uh, Hila Ratsabi, and um, if you're not familiar with the prayer that's cited within it, Israel, here the word Israel is used in its ancient meaning of the Jewish people. Hila Ratzabi. Go outside. Find a patch of grass, sand, dirt. Sit. Kneel. Place a hand or just a finger to the soft earth. Feel it pulse back. Open your palms and divine the words creased between. Rub the specks of dirt between your fingers. See how they cling to skin, how they listen in their soft, rough way. 
the earth will hold you better than God can. God could not stop the bullets or the sale of weapons. God could not block the open synagogue doors. But we keep saying, Shema, listen, Israel. Our God is one, singular, invisible, hiding in plain sight. But listen, Israel. Our God is beneath our feet, between our fingers, coursing through our veins. Our God is trapped in the poisoned grass, where the blood of our brothers cries out, where the ants heave centuries on their backs. Pray to the God who sharpened the tiger's teeth, who stored the roar in its throat. Pray to the God who gave you lungs and tongue to sing and groan and hum. I swear to you, when the leaf shivers in the wind, you have given it chills from all its listening. The earth hears your prayer. There is nowhere for God to hide. Get down on your knees and let this precious earth soften for the weight of you. You are held. You are heard. The wind pulls its blanket over your back, smooths the hair from your face, touches your cheek with its cool, trembling hands. In the middle of the full catastrophe, can you hear it? Can you feel it? There is a place of rest where you are heard, where you are held. Blessed be. <laughs>